Welcome to Book to Where Two Guys Tell You About the Books They're Reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. Uh, this, we're going to apologize in advance. I want you guys to know what we went through to bring you this episode tonight. So, had a tornado touchdown um, about an hour ago, very, very close to my home. Rob is still living out of boxes from his recent congratulations on your recent move, Rob. Oh, well, thank you. So he I'm has living a, in, well the yeah. the mis the miscalculate uh, the miscommunication there is I'm living in a box yeah not living a box out of that boxes currently does not have like whatever landline internet <laughs> yeah um, so we're doing this kind of the old fashioned way what we did is we got a conference call number and we phone no wait we would never do that <laughs> <laughs> no who the fuck would do that <laughs> we're doing individual recordings of our uh our sides but we're actually on the phone it, it's a kind of a weird setup so if there's any hiccups or glitches we apologize um technology has thwarted us yet again so we're bringing you an interlude uh this week um the lazy summer of podcasting continues we were so lazy we couldn't even find like someone to talk with us on the episode but we do have what i think is a, a list of pretty interesting topics don't you think, Rob? Um, I'm excited about these topics. Uh, some of them, it, we're we're looking a little bit more at the mainstream stuff than we usually do, which is nice. And um, we probably have the opportunity to make fun of people, which I always am super excited about. Yeah this this first topic, and I was thinking about this. It, it struck me as newsworthy. Uh, it was a, a recent news article. I don't know that maybe people that J.K. Rowling wasn't a billionaire already. I didn't know that, but the, she's the first author to be a billionaire. Does that sound right to you? That's what I uh, wasn't... I mean, I read the article, and they didn't really... Uh, uh, I mean, of all the things that they talked about in the article, it's weird they didn't spend more time on, like, where she stands against other authors. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I thought, A, that, that she was she had been a billionaire for a while, and B, I didn't. I'm surprised. I mean, if James Patterson makes ninety four million dollars in one year, how is that guy not a billionaire? Maybe he. Uh, maybe he spends like. Uh, oh, I'm probably gonna get this name wrong because this wasn't part of the conversation. Vin Baker. I, I just saw an article that former NBA player Vin Baker um, had over a hundred million dollars. Was what his career um, paid out, and now he's in training to run a Starbucks. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh. Yep. Former NBA star Vin Baker, now a Starbucks barista, which isn't necessarily true, but he's training to be a manager at Starbucks, which, by the way, now fuck Vin Baker, too. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, two things. Two, uh, first of all, I was 100% sure you were going to say MC Hammer because MC Hammer famously was super rich and then got just blew through all his money and like bottomed out when his career did. I don't know if you knew that. I, I, you know, I did. I didn't think about it. I literally saw the Vin Baker thing like a couple hours ago, and I was going to send yeah. you a link to it with fuck Vin Baker for working <laughs> for Starbucks. Um. Uh, other thing is, um, it's weird that you mentioned that because there's a former NFL player uh, who works in my mall, like two stores down from me. He's a former Bears um, something. I don't know. Uh footballist and um yeah he works at the lululemon in my mall that's um 
Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, I guess once we're millionaires, we'll be able to talk about crazy that is like, you know, when we when we're worth, you know, 100 million dollars and then blow it all on books and hats and vape gear. Um, you know, I guess we'll have a better feeling. But no, so yeah, J- I guess my thing with JK Rowling was this. When I saw that, I thought, how did Stephen King I wasn't thinking about Patterson. I was thinking about Stephen King, who's had, you know, every book he's written has been a bestseller. They've made a goddamn movie out of everything. Like, that guy writes a grocery list, and someone is developing it as a short film. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, there's, like, there's, I mean, uh, I don't get it. There has to be other billionaire um, authors, but... The other part of the article is uh, that she has this charity um, called Lumos, which did you catch the reference to that? I'm guessing you didn't. I totally did not. In the Harry Potter books, um, that is the spell that you cast with your wand to illuminate something, so to light things up. Um, But the charity helps underprivileged uh, kids, right? Yeah, well, I, I, I guess I kind of glazed over that part a little bit, but she had read about a place where kids slept in cages, like caged beds. Yeah. I guess I got really upset about it. So, yeah, I'm not, yeah, she's absolutely doing wonderful stuff. Um, I also didn't know that there were Harry Potter theme parks. I guess there's a lot oh, I don't seriously? know about J.K. Oh, yeah, that was in the article, too. Dude, and, no, I mean, I, I was surprised oh, you didn't know that. Oh, yeah, no, I had no idea. But um, this was not in the article. Um, I was looking at a list of upcoming British TV shows for the year, and um, the Casual Vacancy getting a TV adaptation. Remember that shitty book we read? Uh, <laughs> that I mean, they must be looking for some seriously boring television over there. Yeah, yeah. remember that like fourteen dollars we contributed to, <laughs> to J.K. Rowling's billionaire status? Yeah, that thing getting made into a tv show so what a slap in the face i don't think i'm going to be uh watching that one as much as i love my british tv i may just let that one go yeah i think i'm going to be with you on that one um but you know uh it seems like she with the money that she and (laughs) robert galbraith are making um they do good stuff with it so she seems there's at least two more two more galbraith books coming too uh I was surprised that that whole thing didn't fall flat on its face, but it's J.K. Rowling, so she pretty much has the Midas touch now, I'm thinking. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, speaking of people moving into onto the screen from their uh, from their books, um, d- do we really need a David Foster Wallace movie? The world needs as much David Foster Wallace as possible, let's be honest. So Rob tells me today, and I vaguely heard something about this before. Isn't there someone famous playing him? So the person playing uh, David Foster Wallace is Jason Segal. Um, famously more for his comedy work and everything. He was on How I Met Your Mother. He was uh, in a bunch of movies like... Oh, yeah, this for, guy. Sorry, I just Forgetting Sarah Marshall and Knocked Up and stuff like that. Yeah, so he's going to be playing David Foster Wallace in a movie called The End of the Tour. Now, uh, I don't want to spoil this movie for anybody, but I, I, I think I know how this <laughs> how this movie ends. Um, it ends with, with I think David Foster Wallace at, at the end of his rope. Oh, shit. He went there. Yeah, um, I went I, there. 
I don't think that's how the movie's going to end, though, because this is about a five-day um, trip that he went on with a an, uh, journalist from, I want to say Rolling Stone or something like that. So, so they actually made the a movie about this really famous author, and it, it they just pick a five-day period of his life and don't kind of cover uh, Okay. Um, Rob and I talked about going to see this and, and maybe doing a review of it, and, and I, I'm still all for that. I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how well that's going to go over. I am just predisposed to disliking this guy because of that shitty book that we read. It wasn't a shitty book. Um, I, I I'm excited about it. I like the David Foster Wallace stuff that I've read. And I know that there's some probably interesting stuff. It's going to be like one of those examinations of a person who had a really fucking tumultuous personal life, but was was brilliant and, and loved by people. But that type of thing probably contributed to how his tumultuous life kind of ended with him killing himself, that kind of thing. So I'm interested to see how it goes. Do we think that there's going to be a, uh, you know, a, a little video music montage three quarters of the way through this or um wait what you know like like all the like 80s movies you know at the end they had the little montage of scenes like with, with a great upbeat song you think we're gonna see one of these in uh, the end of the tour i don't know that sounds good <laughs> i could go for that <laughs> okay all right <laughs> All right, so yeah, you just maybe caught Rob and I disagreeing about what was that? I don't even remember what that book was called, the David Foster Wallace book, The Pale King, buddy. The Pale King, yeah, The Pale King, buddy, <laughs> that we reviewed. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't a big fan. Rob seemed to like it, um, but yeah. It's, so this this uh, Rob sent me a link to something, and, and it's a couple months old, but I guess that really doesn't change the 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 meaning behind it it's one of these lists these these you know the title of this article is 30 books that everyone should read at least once in their lives um and it's got the you know how many of these have you read kind of bullshit thanks to lifehack.org for providing this fine um this fine article um so (laughs) rob and i were talking i think what we're gonna do and we just didn't have time to prepare for this properly but i think we're gonna do our own list right is that really kind of what we're looking at like a, a a booked approved list of books you should read once in your life yeah i think that the lists that we see they're always such bullshit like first of all i hate that journalism has uh pretty pretty much just kind of reduced to the point where um an article is you write a paragraph introducing an idea you give a list of 10 things and then you write a paragraph summarizing and that's an article like that's journalism so that kind of shit in general bothers the shit out of me um and then especially when i mean there's no courage or um like effort or anything put into making this list you know and it just it bothered me well, you know, when I see lists like this, too, I also kind of wonder if the person writing it actually read all of them or not. So it's only 30 books. I get it. But it's like the same 30 books on every list. Not exactly the same, but you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, I, that's uh, the problem, too. It's like this is... <laughs> yeah, it's like um, it's like public domain music. Like you hear it everywhere because you don't have to pay for it, that kind of thing. Right. I um, 
I was re- I, I I was looking at a list. Someone I work with had said that they saw a list of like the twenty most disturbing movies of all time, and I wound up trying to look up the list and found one that was like the two hundred and fifty most disturbing movies of all time. And I was thinking like it's a lot of movies, and if this person watched all of them, then that's all they watch is these really disturbing movies. So I don't know. I guess ultimately it's one person's opinion. Do you want to read what some of these are? I mean, there aren't. I scrolled through it a little bit. There weren't a ton of surprises on this list as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah. Um, I'll run through. I'll do the first 10, and then you can decide whether we want to do 10 more. Yep. That type of thing. But uh, And then I, I'll tell you if, I read, if I've read them as we go. You can tell me if you have too, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one. This one, kind of a shocker, to be honest. I didn't think that this would show up on one of these lists. To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. Mm-hmm. Not a shocker at all. That was sarcasm. No, I have no, read I know. this book. I, I, I have, <laughs> um, you know, at gunpoint in high school, maybe elementary school. But yeah. yeah, that's how I, that's how the, the term, that's the only reason that the phrase bust up a shiffer robe is in my uh, lexicon of things that I say from time to time. Number two, 1984 by George Orwell. I have not read that. Also read it in high school. Uh, number three, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone by J.K. Rowling. Read it. Yeah, I didn't. Is that the first one? That's the first one. And okay. um, do you know why I originally read the Harry Potter series? No. It was in 2009 or 10. It was toward the end of the year, and I was like 3,000 pages from hitting my 10,000 goal <laughs> for the year. And I had like a $25 gift card to Barnes & Noble. So I just picked up paperbacks of all the Harry Potter books and just raced through it in a month. Thought you'd like that. Love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. I have not read any of the Harry Potter books, nor is that likely to happen. They're awesome. You should do it. Re- we should do Regardless of how many of them appear on this list. We should do Pottered. That'll be our Harry Potter-themed book. How timely. Podca- all, right. all right. Up next, Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. Have not read that. Nope, me neither. I tried reading The Hobbit, and I got about 30 pages in and thought it was terrible. Yeah. That's one of those, like, we just don't do sci-fi things, and I think that, like, that kind of suits our general disposition about that type of stuff. I just, I can't I can't get into that too much. Number five on the list, The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. I have read that, but I don't really remember any of it because it was in high school. Nope, me neither. I haven't read it. Six, Pride and Prejudice, Jane Austen. I did not read that, although I think you read the one that had zombies in it. I started it, but it was it was it was bad. <laughs> Diary, uh number seven, Diary of a Young Girl by Anne Frank. Did not read that. Heard that there's a new like version since her dad recently passed away, like in the last like ten, fifteen years or something that was released and it was like with all like this sexy teenage going through puberty kind of stuff added back in. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how Did I you not know about, about this? That. No, so no. I I... Get... So the one that like uh the one that we all grew up having access to was like um edited down. So it was her diary um edited to remove some content, including like the the young girl's thoughts about going through like learning about sexuality and stuff and it removes some like her her negative feelings about her parents you know just because like why include that kind of stuff but um at whatever point he died he willed the 
original manuscripts to like an Anne Frank museum or something like that. And they, uh, they published basically like an unedited kind of like director's cut <laughs> of the book that included some of that weird sexuality stuff and, and like the, I hate my mom. She's a bitch kind of stuff. Well, that's, um, that makes me want to read it no more than I wanted to read it before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number nine, the Hobbit. Uh, I also did not read this. Hey, you also skipped number eight. Did I? Yeah. The Book Thief oh, by Marcus Zusak. Yeah. Did you read that? Um, You know, I didn't. I did see the movie, though, and actually I, I liked the movie. The movie was pretty good. It made me kind of sad that I didn't read the book. Mm. So, the Hobbit was a piece about, of crap. That's, <laughs> sorry. Hobbit was crap. <laughs> Dude, Bilbo listen. Baggins. If I want to read a book, if I want to read a book... About a bunch of like little people singing. I'm just gonna read the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, or like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yep. Uh, uh, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Pack it in, J.R.R. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll see him again on the list. Number ten, Little Women, by Louisa May Alcott. Nope. No, me neither. We got a lot of reading ahead of us. <laughs> uh, you know. I... It's like yeah, you said we should read the rest of them. I mean, I'm looking through them, and there's some some notable. Like, there's a few I read from 11 to 20. Kirk Vonnegut is uh, checks in at number 30, Slaughterhouse Five. I did read that. It's oh, not even the best Vonnegut. That's the thing. All right, I'm just gonna zip through the other titles. I'm not gonna go one by one like we did. Mm-hmm. Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury, Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte, Animal Farm, George Orwell, Gone with the Wind, Margaret Mitchell. Catcher in the Rye, J.D. Salinger. Did you read that? I, I did, and I quite enjoyed that. That actually kicks off a little, um, a, a few that I read, because I also read, I'll, I'll do 16, 17, Charlotte's Web, which I think is brilliant, and The Lion, the Witch, mm. and the Wardrobe. Both are children's books, but um, yeah. I've actually read both of them again since being an adult, and you know what? I still really enjoyed them. Hmm. Who was the one that uh, was obsessed? I think serial killers get obsessed with Catcher in the Rye, right? Or like yeah, there's been Hansom. like... Yep. Yeah, there's yeah. been a few of them that have been documented with, you know, copies or whatever on them or numerous copies in their possession, I guess. Yeah. Bunch of phonies out there. Grapes of Wrath by Steinbeck is number 18. Lord of the Flies. I read Lord of the Flies. That is like mm-hmm. some depressing shit. Yeah, I read that in high school, too. Kite Runner by Khalid Hosseini. Sure. Of Mice and Men, Steinbeck again. Tale of Two Cities. Have you ever read any Dickens? I have not. Uh, no, but I read a book about Charles Dickens, which was a fictional book about him. <laughs> and I thought that was really good. I don't remember what the hell it was called now, though. <laughs> uh, Romeo and Juliet by Shakespeare, really? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm sure you read this. Nope. Some of the best writing I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Withering Heights. Emily Bronte, nope. No. The no. Color Purple by Alice Walker. By Oprah Winfrey. I was going to say, later a film with Oprah Winfrey in it. No. Did not see that. I read that. Alice in Wonderland, no. Lewis Carroll. I'm sure you've heard that, and that's not You know sarcasm. what? I haven't, and I mean, I've mean, i been meaning to. As a matter of fact, um, oh, man. Oh, what was that movie called? Alice Kills? Do you know what I'm talking about? Amanda mm, Gowan I I heard... and I were talking about it. Yeah, and she had said yeah. that it's based kind of heavily on Alice in Wonderland which actually piqued my interest although I haven't done it so I may read that I'm sure it's a quick light read and maybe watch that movie again mm. 
Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. Nope. No, that's one of those. I'm sure it's um, uh, what's it called? I just said it earlier in the podcast, and I can't remember. Where you don't have to pay for it. It's uh oh, public domain. Public domain. Yeah, I'm sure that's you could just pick it up on Kindle for free or something. Uh, Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Read that. Yeah, that was an elementary school read for me. Yeah. And number 30, Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, what an uninspired list. Yeah, I, I feel like... like I mean, if like I was... this, this list could be called 30 books I saw at one of the front tables at Barnes & Noble. Yeah, I... Uh... Honestly, the only book off that list that I would probably include in a top 30 would be Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web is the shit, man. Yeah. Yeah, Charlotte's Web is pretty goddamn special. Uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense why some of these are on there. And, you know, um, they are. I'm sure all of them are excellent books. But, like, if you're going to put, I mean, that everybody should read before they die or whatever it said. Mm-hmm. Like, just look for something that's got, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what to say about it. Or maybe it's just the idea behind the article that's bullshit. It's not the list itself. I don't know. Something about it pisses me off. It could be that in the research that this guy did, he looked at another list and just read those books, if he even read them. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. Like, anybody could have put this list together. I could have met I could have met someone who's never, like, never read a book before and been like, hey, um... I need you to put together a list of the 30 books that, you know, someone... And they would go on the internet and search for two minutes and put this list together. Yeah. So, yeah. we're going to do our own list? Is that what's going to happen? Yeah, I think... I mean, we've still got uh, quite a few lazy weeks of podcasting ahead of us, and I think that we could... Uh, I think I could look up a list like that, reverse the order, and come up with something. Yeah, I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> What's the other F. Scott Fitzgerald book we can put on that list? Or something yeah, no like kidding. That? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I have I some ideas off the top of my head that I would want oh, to include. Yeah, I mean, I could probably guess. But yeah, throw out one or two that, that you would definitely put uh, on a list. Uh, more and more, Raw Shark Text is just surfacing as one of my favorite books. Um, as as may have been mentioned on the podcast before, all of my Apple... All of my I, all my electronics are Apple products, and they're all named after characters from Raw Shark Text, so that would easily go on the list for me. Yeah, I um, uh, yeah, I, I would kind of go a different direction for something that comes to mind right away, and that's um, apathy and other small victories. Yeah, yeah. Um, for for me, because I see a lot of books uh, that are supposed to be comedy books or funny books or whatever, and and they never quite grab me. It's kind of like with movies; I'm just not in full agreement with with uh, the status quo on what's funny. And and apathy and other small victories is is a a hugely um amusing book so that would definitely go on the list for me paul nealon yeah 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 so i think that i mean and we probably have a little crossover like kiss me judas would, oh, yeah. would hit that list um but i don't know if we would call it the, the, the list that everybody should read but i i mean we might call it like our list of most recommended <laughs> or highly 30, most highly 30 books we 30 books we read in our lives <laughs> <laughs> 30 books that uh everybody must read before we murder them so yeah we'll definitely work on that for one of the upcoming episodes but i came across another list today and it wasn't even a list but god damn it man this makes my head hurt um are, are you familiar with reddit not not the alternate name of the booked podcast but actual reddit r-e-d-d-i-t 
<laughs> oh man, did we ever tell that on the podcast? The I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess I could. I uh, I worked with a guy who, um, you know, would always ask how the podcast was going. I don't know if, if listeners can hear this, but there is a torrential downpour with hail. Like, and I'm sitting like a foot and a half away from this window. So sorry if there's a bunch of background noise. Um, it, it's starting to get a little scary um, out there. So if we disappear, um, you know, it's uh, it's because I'm probably dead. Um, I worked with a guy who who would always ask about the podcast, and and twice twice he was like oh yeah i was meaning to listen to your podcast it's um it's reddit right and all i thought was god reddit gets more visits in like a minute <laughs> than our podcast gets in like you know six months um but yeah twice and and i actually really <laughs> thought like we kind of missed the boat a little bit i love the name booked but reddit r-e-a-d-i-t would have been a great name too yeah, we needed an, a marketing department from the get-go because I needed that shit would have been. Yeah. yeah, I needed this guy that, that I worked with to be like, what's your podcast <laughs> called, Reddit? And I was like, no, no. But all I can imagine is friends were talking about him and be like, oh, yeah, man, I heard about that on Reddit. And he's like, holy shit, this guy I work with, like, he's got some reach, you know? <laughs> so, anyway, oh, um, the top post in Reddit books um, was somebody asking, what is the most terrifying book you have ever read? And uh, currently, there are 2,843 um, comments on this, which is a lot. And some of that, of course, is, is back and forth, you know, between people, you know, arguing or commenting on, on one another's posts. But for, for a post on Reddit, and any post on Reddit, I think that's quite a bit. So um, I was scrolling through this list because I go, oh, man, I'd love to I'd love to see some of this stuff. And I'd like to read something really scary. Maybe I can find something great for us to read when we come back from our reading hiatus and I'm going through this list and so many different things occur to me. First of all, I would like to say, Josh Mallerman, if you're listening, someone mentioned Bird Box as um, you know, recently the scariest thing they've read. So um, kudos to you. Um, one person mentioned 1Q84, which although I do remember <laughs> being a little creepy towards the end when the cable guy was coming around, the, the dead cable guy try, or uh, TV guy trying to collect the, the licensing oh, yeah. fees, that was a little creepy. I mean, I'll give him that. But really, scariest book you've ever read? Then there are people yeah. who are like, oh, Salem's Lot. I read it when I was 11. Like, I don't really, I don't <laughs> think it was an 11-year-old asking the question. Uh, you know what I mean? So it seemed a little weird that people were mentioning these books that they couldn't finish because it was so scary when they were, like, pre-teen. Yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, I was going through some of these, and some of them were, were books that, uh, there were a couple that we read, and I wish I would have taken more meticulous notes, because, of course, by now, you know, 800 other people have commented. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, not not stuff that, you know, obviously, clearly a lot of Stephen King, and some of that stuff is fairly creepy. Here's, oh, here's 1984. Um, Are you fucking you kidding know. me? 1984. It says another vote for George Orwell's 1984. Probably so terrifying because you can see it's possible. Wow. Um, I think people the just Bible. Don't understand what... The Bible. Okay. Uh, a, a couple times. Um, uh, I saw someone posted Polonix Haunted. Um, yep. Followed up with the obligatory comment about how Guts really was disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, China Mieville's Perdido Street Station. Which I'm pretty sure doesn't fall into. I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be horror to be scary, but... House of Leaves, Bird Box, there it is. Yeah. 
this is really kind of all over the map. Yeah, and and I I don't know, it was just it was kind of weird. And and oh, here's here's one for Lord of the Flies. <laughs> so apparently the 30 the 30 books that we we're talking about, all of them are pretty goddamn scary because half of them are mentioned in in here. Yeah. <laughs> the Great Gatsby was the scariest thing I've ever read. Oh, you because know what I'm... it was, and this is yeah, this is because someone mentioned Coraline, which was really scary, um, by Neil Gaiman. But the what was it called? The House at the End of the Lane. Yeah, yeah, was mentioned. Do you remember that being scary at all? Mm, nope. Nope. Yeah, so that was kind of a weird one. Um, you know, here. Oh, when I was in third grade, I went to one of those book fairs and picked up a book called House of Anubis. At least I think that's what it was called. I had to rip this book in half and throw it away after reading it because it terrified me so much at the time. How old are you in third grade? Like eight years old. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like eight, right? Yeah, this kid full of shit. Any rate, how about, so... Hold on. How about this one? Helter Skelter, nothing has compared. You know what Helter Skelter is, right? Yeah, it's the Charles Manson documentary right, the, book right yeah it's the true crime book explaining the manson family murders and the subsequent trial and conviction it's not scary it's a true yeah. crime book yeah oh god damn it people this book i've never heard of this um oh it was posted on an online horror forum oh okay this makes sense i saw this pen pal come up quite a bit by uh, dathan auerbach so I, I just saw it again, but I saw it mentioned numerous times. So I, I clicked on it. Penpal began as a series of short and interconnected stories posted on an online horror forum. I'm guessing Reddit would be that forum. Yeah. <laughs> if, if that's so many people talking about it. Um, yeah. But I got to say, it has 707 customer reviews with four and a half stars. I might have, yeah. to, uh, might have to pop this on my, uh, on my list of things to, to read. Hey, I just had a thought, and this may or may not be on topic, but um, you probably know if there's a name for it, you'll you'll know it. Have you seen? There's kind of a a new form of storytelling um, through what looks like a series of text messages. Have you seen anything like that? Um, no. I, I mean, no, no. I've seen several different um, examples of this now. And um, the creep factor is actually pretty excellent uh, where it'll be like the kind of typical you would expect it to be this way. Girl's home by herself and she's texting with a boy um, who's a friend or like someone she wants to date or they just had a date or something Mm -hmm. like that. And um, basically it starts pretty innocent, but then like something weird happens where she hears something and looks outside and there's a person outside and then she's like the person's just standing there i don't know what's going on and they're like oh you should call the police oh whatever um but then the person turns around and it looks just like the boy that she's texting and she's like why are you in my yard and he's like what are you talking about and it gets really creepy have you seen anything like that no i haven't but that's actually fairly interesting that shit I read like two or three different stories. I mean, pretty similar. Like the setup has to be something like that where there's one person who is going to be kind of the victim and is alone and, and isolated but connected just through um through texting. Right. And so basically it's just like um each new text is a little bit of exposition of what's going on. 
Um, and then it gets really creepy because it's like this one, basically it's a, it's someone who looks just like this boy and, um, then it's banging on the door. Then it gets in the house and she's hiding in the closet and it finds her and it just gets really fucking weird. So yeah, I, I like that. Those, I don't know if it's the, it's the format of text messages that adds to the creepiness, but, um, I've seen a few of those and it's, it seems pretty interesting. That is really interesting. I'm going to look for that because I'm pretty sure that I could find some of those on like Reddit No Sleep or, or you know, one of those things. Um, I did I did recently see Unfriended, and I mentioned this to you. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, it was only a matter of time before we started getting, you know, text message type stories. But that movie, it all took place like you were watching a, a screen capture of this girl's computer. The entire movie takes place on her computer screen through... Um, Skype and, uh, you know, uh, iMessage and, you know, she'll bump out of that to search for something online. YouTube videos play a play an important part. Um, so it's kind of interesting. I mean, I guess it's the first like kind of legit social uh, media horror movie, which sounds a lot like the text messages, you know, kind of moving into technology and using that format as a as a way to tell a story. Yeah, as a matter of time, it's interesting though. If how I interpreted how you described it is accurate, it's taking place uh, not in the real world, kind of right. It's all virtual, all like digital. Yeah, yeah, it's all virtual. I mean, you you do see things that happen. There's Skype is a huge part of it, and and the majority of of this movie is spent on these um, five friends, I think, on Skype. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend it for anybody who gets a chance to watch it. I mean, I was pleasantly surprised. I had very low expectations of it, but I was like, well, yeah, I'll watch this. And, um, yeah, I, I I was surprised. And some of it, I think, was the newness of it. I think the next movie that comes out that just takes place on Skype and Facebook, I'm going to be like, meh. <laughs> you know, I think so. The, the novelty right. of it, I'm sure, helped. But uh, it was interesting, and it was kind of weird to watch because... I think much like reading the text message story, it's a format you're really familiar with, and it's an intimate format. So I don't typically spend time with eight people around me watching a computer screen, right? So when I'm watching a movie that takes place on a computer screen, it feels very personal. Right. Um, And, and, you know, and you're not seeing... um, Fade Away, we were talking about disturbing movies. I mentioned this earlier, but someone had said that the movie, I think it's Solo, 120 Days of Sodom, was one of the other movies. And I said, you know, the thing, I, I tried watching that, and the thing that made that movie really disturbing was, I, don't know, I think it was made in the 70s or maybe early 80s or whatever, but it's shot in this really kind of grainy, shitty film. And somehow that makes it more real than a Serbian film, which was shot in high def with like the oh, panning camera yeah. angle. You know what I mean? So there was almost like a more realistic feeling to it. And I think that in your reading a story that looks like your your messaging app on your phone, Again, something you use every day, and it's a very personal thing. It's always you and the messages. You know, I could see where that you know could be more creepy. Or, like I said, looking at a computer screen, um, yeah. it takes away some of the unreality of the long shot and the the, the pan and the the camera. You know, when it rolls and follows a person as they're walking or running, I, I think that it adds a layer of reality. Um, a little bit along the lines of um the Blair Witch Project or um, right. Paranormal Activity. You know, where it's all fixed camera and, you know, kind of the same perspective you would have if you were looking in on the story. So somebody said for that, I I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we'll see more of that, um, but I'm sure it's probably going to get old pretty quick, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that like once someone does it, 
either once someone does it or once something someone does it really well then it's just you know repetition after that so uh but it's nice to see that um we adapt to the world that's changing around us um it's kind of inevitable i'm sure that like if <laughs> if current writers don't adapt to how technology permeates our, our existence then the young writers who will become the current writers at one point they'll have you know it'll just be the life they know so it'll happen kind of naturally i've often had the feeling when reading books so when you read a book and and it necessarily takes place in, in an older time frame so if someone writes a book and goes oh late 70s um you know kentucky or whatever right it's almost like the only reason the story needs to take place then is so that I don't have to explain why somebody didn't just pick up their cell phone and call somebody. <laughs> right. Why clock, I couldn't just turn on the GPS unit to figure out, yeah, you know, that it's yeah. just more convenient uh, way to tell a story because you don't have to, yeah, you don't have to account for technology. Well, dude, if there was ever a horror story where, like, um, the bad guy got beat by us being able to record a clear um audio conversation over the internet we wouldn't need to set this in like a different time because like there's plenty of complications that get in the way this would be a <laughs> nope. fucking like nope. edge of your seat hey. nail biter hey it's funny too because i was totally thinking about you while watching this unfriended um now their skype chat was all video but every once in a while like just one of the characters video would get really really shitty and i was like goddamn skype <laughs> yeah that's not a uh, <laughs> fucking advertisement for microsoft i don't know what it is yeah so all right um moving moving right along are we done talking about lists we're not done talking about lists let's talk about another list yeah this list um this list is actually kind of first of all very complimentary and i feel honored but at the same time it's kind of fucking funny right i'm not the only one that finds it funny no it's kind of funny um we made it on a list of um eight wow i can't remember the name of the article but it was um like eight Eight good great podcasts for writers writers. yep eight great podcasts for writers writers. yep yeah and um (laughs) on lit reactor (laughs) oh shit uh we recently had rob hart on who uh um was the was and is potentially again the host of Unprintable, which is the Lit Reactor podcast that went on for I think twenty thirty episodes or something like that, but then didn't uh, didn't persist after that. But back when that one was going, Lit Reactor, one of the writers for Lit Reactor wrote kind of an op ed piece where it was you know five podcasts that I really like, five book related podcasts or whatever. And the number one podcast on the list was the Lit Reactor podcast on Printable. And we took some giant stabs at it, and it caused this big uh, war between us. And then I. And, and I it was more of. I think it was more of a perceived war than, than anything else. <laughs> but yeah, there, there was some. There, was a, there were a few skirmishes. Basically, we were like, hey, this is stupid. And they were like, fuck those guys. And then I reached out and I was like, you know, we we're joking. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll come on our podcast. And then that was it. So I'm going to read now- these in in, uh, in a particular order, <laughs> the order that they were put on here. Because it, it is a weird countdown. Um, 
So uh, first off, I guess we should uh, we should say thank you to Max Booth the Third who did include us in this list. And I will tell you, Rob, I just want you to know, all of my favorite podcasts are on this list. I you did not have to tell me; I already knew. Number eight, <laughs> this is horror. Um, good friends, good great friends of this show for some time now, um, and it's run by Dan Howarth and uh, Michael David Wilson, um, both of whom we've. Uh, Spoke with on numerous occasions, but uh, good to see those guys on there. Uh, number seven, booked. Um, love those guys. Mm. Number six, Grammar Girl. Um, this is the first I'm hearing of Grammar Girl. Now, this one is, um, it's it's more about actual like writing tips. Like if you've, and I'm quoting from the article. If you've ever wondered when to use semicolons or when i dot e dot or e dot g dot is appropriate, Grammar Girl is the podcast for you. That might not make it the podcast for me. No, uh, yeah, one conversation about colons and you're tapping out, right? Yeah. Well, no, I'm sorry, depend- commas, yeah. commas. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, because if we're talking colons, <laughs> we could talk all day. Uh, Livius number- will talk your face blue about colons. That's right. Number five, um, Three Guys with Beards, um, which is a far more recent podcast. I mean, I, they might be five episodes in, um, but that's hosted by Christopher Golden, who's, uh, whose vampire books were excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, Jonathan Mayberry, who did once say that we were the best podcast on the internet. I hope he still understands that's the case, even though he has his own podcast. And James A. Moore, they all have beards. So, uh, Rob, Brian, if I thought if Brian ever... Keene was in it. No, no, no Brian Keene. Huh. Brian Keene is in the number one podcast. Oh, sorry. Continue then. It's okay. The number number four is The Outer Dark, uh, hosted by Scott Nicolay. Um, interviews with authors, artists, and other voices from the dark end of the spectrum. I do believe that I listened to one episode of that, but it was because of who the guest was. I, I don't want to say first because I'm not sure that's it. The Armcast podcast, Armand Rosamelia, who is a um, former guest of ours, um, has that podcast. And that's been going probably for about a year now. The Dead Robots Society. Um, at number two, I, I'm not sure. It says uh, the best damn advice to those interested in killing themselves via creative writing. I believe sure it's that. pronounced robots. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Um, that's oh, how okay. Brayton, weirdly <laughs> okay. Brayton Cameron, um, also known as Skip Papersley, mm-hmm. uh, who we might be hearing from in a little bit here, always says robots instead of robots. It's really weird, but that always makes me think of him now. And at number one, Brian Keene's The Horror Show, which is uh, co-hosted by David Thomas. Um, I did listen to, I believe, the premiere episode. Isn't that the guy from that. the Wendy's? Uh, different David Thomas. Oh, okay. Although, but he did. Although I got to say, okay. Brian Keene was doing episodes with that Dave Thomas, who's dead. Um, that would be that would be pretty fucking awesome. How could you not listen to that? Yeah, no kidding. I fucking love Dave and Dave Thomas, and not just not just because he has that hot daughter Wendy. But uh get this fiery little redhead. Yeah, so <laughs> um so that's a list for writers, which oddly enough, uh, Rob and I are always surprised at how many writers listen to this podcast. Um Yeah. So anyway, that's uh that's a list. I, I will probably um I, I might check out one or two of these. Yeah. They're for writers. Yeah. I'm not a writer. That's the whole thing. That's that's where the tricky part comes in. Yeah, yeah. I'd how many make podcast fucking for podcasts readers. or readers? Yep. So, but uh, that's a list. That's a good list. I'm happy we're on that list. As we talked about lists and calling information for these lists earlier. That being said, still happy we're on this list. 
Sorry, I was just distracted by it. It sounded like someone was dragging a shovel along the road outside of my apartment. Oh, that's not fucking creepy at all. Is it me? Look outside. See if it looks like me. Oh, I think it's the hail. I think the hail made it here. Mm-hmm. I got your hail. There you go. So, uh, speaking of that, I guess this is a nice time to... Uh, uh, I w- we were probably were going to do this at the end, but since we're talking about uh, is someone who the astute listener will notice that it didn't take the typical seven minutes for the hail to get from Livius's apartment to mine uh, because I moved and I live a lot closer to Livius now. What that move means is uh, some technical adjustments and uh, difficulties as we get settled in. And um, I don't have actual internet in the apartment yet because the world hates me. Uh, but it also means that uh, in addition to moving, I'm tr- doing some traveling in the next couple of weeks, so our schedule is up in the air. We will be delivering you episodes of the podcast, but they might not be as um, timely or planned in advance as our usual episodes are. So I just wanted to give that little uh, note. Um, we're not going to really know how the audio quality in the apartment is until we get through a couple episodes, and I can tweak it. So apologies for any kind of weirdness uh, in the meantime. Congratulations on your move. Um I would also uh, I would also like to say that Rob just got hit with a storm of hail, um, and normally it's just raining men uh, around his old place. So <laughs> there are so few gay nightclubs near where I used to look out my window and see gay nightclubs. Now I see a house and a lake. There you go. Oh, dude, yeah. you live by a lake. See, now you're just that was really creepy. The shovel dragging, and then the the you live by a lake. You're dead. You're for all intents and purposes yeah. already dead. You just don't know it yet. Well, yeah, and compounding that is, like, I don't live in an affluent town, but the town I live in is, is like, you know, upper middle class. So those are the people that die. It's all white people. All right, and Rob mentioned it uh, just a few short minutes ago, but uh, the triumphant return of Skip Papersley uh, back, to, back to the podcast with a book news. He also mentions another, another fallen comrade that we haven't heard from for a while, so... Uh, uh, here it is, Book News, Skip Papersley. This is Book News, I'm Skip Papersley. Now for the news. Marvel Comics recently announced that it's going to pay homage to hip-hop by making tribute comic covers of Will Be, Doom, and Jizza Records. Marvel is expecting to also release tributes to Lauren Hill, Wu-Tang Clan, Tyler the Creator, and Eric B. and Rakim. When Reach for Comic, Marvel luminary Stan Lee said, I kept fighting it, but hip-hop is here to stay. I'm a true believer, Excelsior. In other news, a recent study by indie author Hugh Howey revealed that independent authors receive 86% of their revenue from Amazon Kindle sales. This proves that indie authors stand more to gain from Amazon than they would by selling to one of the big five publishers. Upon hearing the news, James Patterson rubbed stacks of money against his jowls and sacrificed one of his co-writers as payment to reset the balance of the book lords. In still other news, NPR.org has not published a single news story about books since May 26, 2015. Why is this? When public broadcast radio closed its doors, many people lost their jobs. And last journalist with any real integrity in the book game, Malik Tumbali, hasn't picked up his pen since. We miss you, Malik. So does the world of books. And now for the New York Times bestsellers in fiction recap. Brad Thor's book, Code of Conduct, sizzles at number five. 
The English Spy by Daniel Silva gets burnt at number four. For 64 weeks, all the light we cannot see has been on the charts. Anthony Dewar is happy at number three. The number two stop right on time with Girl on the Train by Paula Hawkins. Set a Watchman by Harper Lee set its eyes on the top spot again at number one. This has been Book News. I'm Skip Papersley, signing off. All right, so that was book news. Skip Papersley back um, again. <laughs> we we get him as often as I think to text Brayton and ask for one. So I'm just gonna have to make that more uh, more of a common thing. But uh, mention of Malik Tambali, uh, which you know we had the Malik Tambali words I view thing going on for a while. One of the one of the segments that's fallen off. Another couple of segments that have fallen off are we have completely lost communication with. Uh, booked homeboy A. Adam Otten and I don't know what that's about but we haven't heard from him in a long time no we haven't it's a little heartbreaking every now and then I think about some of the things that have come and gone and, and there should be like again the, the kind of dreamy music and the montage at this point you know but it would yeah. be weird because there would just be music playing over skits because <laughs> you know we don't do video but yeah um, uh, good good to hear that uh good to hear the mention of Malik Tambali and yeah we miss a Adam Otten. Remember Malaz Corbier? Yeah, the Malaz minutes. Yeah, those. That, yeah, that goes back quite uh quite a ways, but yeah, so Remember Patterson watch I tried to bring back this week, but I don't think it's going to happen. No, cuz we're running a little long, but yeah, there is a Patterson watch. And like I said, we have plenty of weeks of lazy podcasting left with no plans whatsoever on what we're doing. There might just be a whole episode of Patterson watches. Wow, the ultimate Patterson extravaganza, Pat extravaganza, <laughs> Pat extravaganza. And and while we're on, <laughs> uh, people we miss on the show, um, Sean Ferguson. Um, I know he was Ferg. just mentioned recently um, <laughs> in, in an episode, but uh, he had some news of his own to deliver this week. Yeah. Um... I don't know if you mentioned it, but he got, he got married recently, right? Uh, yes. Within the last couple of months. So uh, yeah. if we hadn't mentioned it on the on the episodes, uh, congratulations to Ferg and his lovely wife. The new news, though, this is big news. And it makes me think of chewing gum. I don't, I don't even know what you're saying right now, so I'm going to let you go with this. Do you ever watch those fucking... Uh, those double mint commercials. Oh God, yeah. All right, I know what you're talking about. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I I can't believe. I mean, I could have said it makes me think of Full House. <laughs> I don't. I, uh, Amanda is... Gowan because she loves twins. I don't know. <laughs> she does. Uh, all the note says here because we put in a note to to keep us on track, and it says, "Congrats to Ferg for getting two pucks past the goalie." Which is <laughs> so fucking weird. <laughs> I was typing that really fast while we were working on our microphone set setups and stuff. Anyway, congratulations to to SPF Sean P. Ferguson, who is going to be a father uh, not just to one but to two uh, babies. And I said that in my best Helena from uh, uh, Elena from uh, Orphan Black voice because every time she says babies, it's the best thing in the fucking world. <laughs> um. One's going to be named Down, and the other one's going to be named Periscope, I think. Oh, God. Um, you know, it could be boys. Live and rob. Oh, my God. If he did that, I would be simultaneously super honored and probably feel a little bad for him. 
Yeah, well, you know what? But they it doesn't even have to be boys because Liv could go either way. Yeah, like Olivia. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Olivia and Robin, if they're both girls, come on. Oh, this is even. I like this even better. So Ferg, if you're listening and you need more suggestions for what to name your kids, let us know and we'll uh, we'll totally hook you up. That's right. <laughs> They'll all be names that incorporate Liv and Rob somehow. All right, I think we need to wrap this up before these storms uh, blow our houses away or, or make the audio quality uh, horrendous. All right, so as Rob mentioned, um, sporadic episodes maybe. Not really. We'll have something together at a reasonable um, date. We just don't know what that is yet, but uh, things to look forward to. Um, G.G. Allen Literary Collection is, uh, is uh, I, I actually responded to the survey on like where to send your book, so that's still happening. Um, that'll be mm-hmm. with a special guest, Frank Edler, of, uh, of Books, Beer, and Bullshit, a, a podcast that sadly did not make it on the Lit Reactor list, but definitely belonged on there. Um, Damn right. A, a, list, a list of maybe 30 books that uh, Rob and I both approve. We'll probably have to do like a kind of like a collaborative 10 and then 10 on our own. I don't know. We'll see how that works out. There's yeah. that to look forward to. I have to find something that's the equivalent of that G.G. Allen thing just to balance the scales. Like I have to get Bjork on the podcast or something. <sighs> Fuck. Um, Skip Papersley mentioned earlier Tyler the Creator and the only reason I know who that is is because I watched Jimmy Kimmel this week but do you know why I watched Jimmy Kimmel it certainly wasn't for Tyler the Creator Uh, was it to see Bjork Rick Springfield was a guest Uh, (laughs) you and fucking Rick Springfield he wasn't reading from one of his books was he (laughs) no no he actually didn't mention books at all he's in a a new movie opposite um, Meryl Streep as as a love interest for her and uh, he's yeah. in the new season of True Detective as well. But at any rate, sorry, I heard Tyler Creator. I was like, oh, I know who that is, but only because I tuned in to watch Rick Springfield. Can I tell you, Tyler, the creator, fucking terrible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'll just in case, just in case you were, yeah, in case you were wondering, it just fucking, it, it's weird because at the end of the show, you know, Kimmel always has a, a guest. I don't know if you ever watched, but he always has a guest. They have like an outdoor stage. And uh, here's this guy yeah. who looks a lot like he would be a rapper. And he goes into this thrash metal thing that that the audience was expecting because immediately a mosh pit broke out. But then the next song they do, like in the fade out, he's kind of like slow rapping to like piano music. (laughs) Like it's just like the weirdest transition ever. Like the crowd goes from slamming into one another to standing there very quietly and watching him do like kind of like a love rap to piano. So that particular episode of Jimmy Kimmel... Um, what you're telling me is there's three things that I won't tune in for. Jimmy Kimmel himself, that Tyler, the creator, and Rick Springfield, right? Christina Applegate was on it. Were you, were you like a big See, fan when, when she was, was on? she like, dude, she was in, all right, in addition to being in Married with Children, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Yep, I remember Hello. that. Yep, I, I saw yeah. that and I remember that. Um, it's weird, though, because yeah. they were talking to her. She's in the new um, the new vacation movie. Oh God! Um, which whatever, but she started talking about how her mom was married to a guy. So like her stepdad was a musician, and he was one of these like kind of like kind of like a session musician. Like he toured with like a lot of really famous names. They're all like from the seventies, you know that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. how she yeah. like you know got to hang out with like Paul McCartney <laughs> and, and stuff like that. And I'm like this this is far more interesting than than hearing her talk about. 
you know, the, the new <laughs> the Chevy vacation Chase movie. vacation movie or whatever. So, at any rate, um, Tyler, the creator, yeah. Rick Springfield, Christina Applegate, all on Kimmel, all in the same night. It was, uh, Rick Springfield was cool. I like that Christina Applegate. If she, maybe if she, yeah, I was going to say, if she wasn't wearing a lot of clothes, but anyway. I will tell you that her, her role in that vacation is interesting in that they wind up going to her um, college. And apparently she was super wild in college and like her husband doesn't know any of this. So that's the clip that they showed was kind of people are like, oh, are you so-and-so? And she's like, yeah. And they're like, oh, you're so legendary. Did you really do this? Did you really show your boobs to anybody that asked? Like, you know, that kind of interrogation in front of her husband, who's um, the guy from The Office and The Hangover. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, whatever. Yeah. I probably won't be seeing that movie, but... <laughs> You saw what you needed to. Pretty much. Um, there was just a gigantic lightning and thunder booming going on, going outside my uh, apartment right now. I'm pretty excited about that. Between that, the lake, and the shovel dragging on the sidewalk, you're dead. I'm going to need a new co-host. Email me if you want to co-host <laughs> the book podcast. requires you do all of the editing, um, and then you read crappy books that I pick. <laughs> on that note... Um, I'm going to go enjoy my ultimate demise uh, this evening. Uh, check back next week. Hopefully we'll have uh, some sort of guest or an interview, or it might just be a list of us talking about books we like. But either way, you'll find us next week. Until then, I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. Keep reading. <laughs>